Hey everyone, it's Michael. Welcome back to Elevate Retake. Today on our podcast, we're talking about God with us, Emmanuel. It's the story of Christmas that we've come to know and love. And you might be wondering right now, what's the context for this conversation? And why are we getting the podcast this way? Well, here's the thing. Our faith community is called Elevate. It's the Young Adult Ministries of the Keene Church in Keene, Texas. And each week we have a worship gathering, Saturday mornings at 1030. You're welcome to join us online if you'd like or in person. And I get to preach a message. And we've been journeying through the Christmas story since it is December. And we looked at Jesus, our Emmanuel, from Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Today on our podcast, we have a very special guest. Her name is Melissa, and she's my wife. And I'm so excited that she was a part of this conversation. And she's got some incredible insights that she brings that I know you're going to enjoy. A little bit about her. She's a nurse by trade, loves what she does in caring for people at the hospital. And she's been going through some pretty crazy stuff right now with the pandemic and facing that right on the front lines. I always love talking about the Bible with my wife because she brings some incredible insights and perspectives that I don't often think about. And she's sometimes the, the person behind the scenes that I'll share a message with before you guys get to hear it in order to see how it sounds or see if there's anything that I need to change. As I sat down in the studio with Melissa and Taylor, I asked them the question, what stuck out to you from the message, God with us? Initially, I really liked how in the beginning you talked about helplessness because immediately that was something that I like latched on to because I can relate to it. And I feel like that's something that everybody can relate to right now. I know I was talking to Kobe about it and I was like, I know I think it's cool because everybody can relate in their own certain way as well as all together because we feel helpless because of COVID. But then each of us is going through something different that makes us feel helpless. I know personally, um, I've been feeling helpless because of my anxiety lately. Like with COVID, it's just made it like 100 times worse. And it's like, oh man, I felt like you were really speaking to me. And then I feel like people can take that individually, like, oh, he was speaking to me. And that was really cool. I really liked that initially right off the bat. I thought just listening to the sermon, the big idea that I got from it was... I mean, it's the title of the sermon, God with us. Um, And it turns into a Christmas phrase that we don't use throughout the entire year. And then December comes around and all of a sudden we remember God is with us in that way, in that miraculous way that he came in to the earth. It's kind of a challenge. How do you think about this throughout the entire year, not just at Christmas? I think the the Christmas story... um, (laughs) <laughs> and we preach about it every year and it becomes so cliche, right? Mm-hmm. We use all the language and the Emmanuel, God with us. But like you say, how does that, how does the Christmas story change our lives throughout the year? Because mm-hmm. I think it, it absolutely does because Jesus came and he died and, or he came as a baby. And like, we know that, but it's often just this time of year that we focus on that. And it's only this time of year that I hear the word Emmanuel, that I hear that name for Jesus, which is interesting because I feel like God with us does take on a different meaning than just like when, because Jesus has many different names. I mean, like Savior, Lord, Jesus, um, and then Emmanuel. And so I feel like, I don't know, I kind of, I was talking with Kobe about it and we were trying to figure out like, 
okay, it's different, but how is it so different than Jesus or Savior or Lord? Other than we hear it at Christmas time. And it's like, oh, okay, so I feel like we'll use this word for Christmas time. We'll use this name for him. And then the rest of the time we'll call him this. And that was kind of interesting to me. I'd never thought about it that way. So I was wondering, I don't know how to, I guess I don't really know how to phrase like the question, how can we make it more special? Or can we use Emmanuel more throughout the year? Like why, why only Christmas? I don't understand that. Just because it's part of the Christmas story? Yeah, I think it's it it definitely takes on the cloak of Christmas. And mm-hmm. that is so, you know, the songs that talk about Emmanuel, all, all, all Christmas songs yeah. and that type of thing. Um, but I think for me, at least where to begin to answer that question is how Matthew uses it, right? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that how Matthew begins his gospel with Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. And then he finishes with Jesus' words saying, I am with you always. always. And so the Emmanuel of Christmas is just the beginning and it's kind of this punctiliar mm-hmm. spot but then jesus takes it and makes it linear and he uh just kind of he transcends the narrative and says this isn't just one aspect of who i am he says i am with you always even until the end of yes. the age and so on a kind of on a forest view not the trees but the forest mm-hmm. that's the the kind of idea that jesus brings out um but it would be interesting to think and to talk about what that looks like on a practical level like how do we apply a manual on an everyday basis Mm -hmm. because i think it's really relevant Mm -hmm. because if it is god with us and he is with us always let's use it all the time because i don't know because it kind of brings a different feel to me like ooh, Emmanuel. like i love that and it's christmasy but i want to i want to feel that every day because i think that's cool yeah you say manny for every day (laughs) (laughs) manny for short Uh, that's cute Emmanuel is a very important name in the Bible, even though it's only mentioned four times. Once in Matthew and three times in the book of Isaiah in chapter 7 and in 8. But it's a theme throughout scripture that's prolific in the idea that God wants to be with his people. And this name is significant for how God operates in the world. He's desirous of being with his people. And this name, Emmanuel, exemplifies that to the full. So something else that stood out to me was um, whenever you brought up the Instagram question and then somebody answered, God isn't necessarily um, the God of my past or the God of my future, but he's the God of my present. I thought that was really interesting. I liked how they worded it and also it made me realize like how different people's views can be or how unique our relationship is with God because like I I liked how they put it and then I was like ooh in my words I would want to say God like Emmanuel is the God of my past present and future because he's with me today he was with me yesterday and he's going to be with me tomorrow i was like oh like but i like the like past and future and present i really liked that idea that was cool it's really a good quote and it kind of goes back to what you were saying at first Mm -hmm. everybody can take um this aspect and apply it to wherever they are in their lives yes if you're stuck in the past some people may be stuck in the past right now Mm -hmm. and can't get away from what's happened in the past or if you're worried about what's coming next and you mm-hmm. can't live in the present or you don't even remember how God has led you in the past because you're worried about what's coming next, yes, then that's the God for you too. I mean, mm-hmm. wherever you find yourself in the 
in the tenses. Yeah. God is there. <laughs> yeah. And it's the God of, it, it, it's kind of interesting to think about how God interacts with time too, right? Mm-hmm. And so to say, so the, the person's quote was not God far from me or yeah. God in my past or God in my future. He's God in my present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true for the point to be made. But then it's interesting to think how God of the present mm-hmm. becomes our God in the past or God in our present was our God in the future. Yeah. And think how that, how he kind of navigates. And he's, uh, the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. But I think we change and how he um, appears to us or interacts with us or in our relationship uh, with him, those things change. And so Emmanuel is the, the ever-present God with us in mm-hmm. our experience of time from past, present to future. Yeah, um, with reading the Christmas story every year, sometimes it just becomes so ordinary and mm-hmm. just traditional, yeah. but not life-changing. Pass over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting how you just said that we change, but the story never changes. We're the ones that change, and as we come through things in our lives and as our perspectives change and things that we learn, things that we've experienced, the story always changes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the words that it's written, uh, but in how we see it and how we feel the story. Mm-hmm. Because as a kid, it was cool to see like angels appeared in the sky yeah. and, and the the sheep were there and the cows were there. But now it's like, oh my goodness, the angel appeared to an ordinary person just mm-hmm. like me and gave gave Mary this huge news. Yeah. No big deal. You're just going to have the <laughs> son of God. Um, it, it changes as your perspective in life changes. And I think that's true of the whole Bible because mm-hmm. you can read the entire Bible all of your life and years later come up with a different perspective than what you had originally saw at first of the same text or same story mm-hmm. yeah in uh, jewish literature uh the the rabbis talk about the the bible as this i can't remember all the sides but this multi-sided like diamond or prism mm-hmm. and if you've ever held a prism or if you ever held a diamond however you hold it in the light it'll shimmer and flicker differently and they talk about this mm-hmm. prism having different colors and everything so as you hold it up to the light and you change its mm-hmm. position it reflects different light back at you and so the bible is the same in that way that we keep coming back to it and that was my wrestle this week with this one um because i mentioned in the last episode my wife melissa told me like oh these these christmas stories are hard because Mm -hmm. they we hear them every year and so how are they different Mm -hmm. so i came back to this week like what's the difference god where what are you trying to bring to to light (laughs) um to to us in this christmas season and th- I think that's the beauty of scripture that we can keep coming back and it's got something different for us. It's got something and not necessarily that scripture changed, yeah, but that we're going through changes and transformations. Mm-hmm. And my experience influences what God brings to me from the Bible. And you look at mm-hmm. the Old Testament, you look at the New Testament, especially the Old Testament, uh, as the children of Israel or Abraham, Isaac and Jacob kind of navigated life, they'd come to a particular spot where God would have a different name. Mm-hmm. And they would erect this uh, statue or, or monument and say, God is this to me. Mm-hmm. 
And what does that look like for us today to look at, oh, okay, yeah, God with us, cool. But what does it, us, what does it mean for us today to name God as God with us? Mm-hmm. And where has he needed to be with you this year? Yes. Where you can look back and be like, God has been with me in this situation. Mm-hmm. The name Emmanuel comes with a promise that God is going to be with us, both in the existential sense of God and his existent being, yes, is with us. But on an everyday practical level, God is walking with us through everything that we face. He knows who we are. He knows the circumstances that uh, we face on a daily basis. And I find comfort in the fact that I know that God is with me. But sometimes the question can come to mind if God is an all-knowing being and he's, and he's with us and he's looking out for us, why then do we have to go through all of this trouble? Why does the God with us not just snap his fingers and make everything go away? What's up with all that? it jumped out for a different reason but then whenever i read it again this morning um i got something different from it whenever you talked about revelation 13 verse 8 mm-hmm. so that stood out to me because in reading it at first i was like oh okay cool and then i was like wait a second i'm gonna read that again so what stood out to me was i know god is all knowing but what i got from that verse was he knew whenever he created the world who is going to heaven and who is not. Mm -hmm. And there's already that list. So I know this is kind of like basic, but why, like, I don't understand why we have to go through so much if he already knows who's going to be there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like putting us, like testing our faith and putting us through the fire. If, I mean, I think it's, I think it's good for us as human beings, but it makes me wonder like, why do we have to go through all of this? If he knows who's going to be there at the end. Mm got me questioning kind of yeah. deep but <laughs> yeah no that's a great question uh there's kind of some different theological thoughts behind that mm-hmm. in how god interacts with the world um there's this concept of determinism that and it comes from a calvinistic theology of god's an all-knowing god and therefore he's already made all the decisions that will ever be made mm-hmm. and we're not free moral agents acting within the the realm of the universe that okay. god just decided okay this is when Taylor's going to be born, when Melissa's going to be born, Michael's going to be born, and they're going to be born. As I've tried to wrap my mind around how God interacts with us and the abilities that we have, I keep coming back to the idea from Scripture that we have free choice. God gives us the ability to choose Him or to choose not Him. He doesn't impose Himself upon us, although He would so desire to be in close relationship with each and every one of us. And I think that just because God knows that a particular choice is going to be made doesn't necessitate him pressing fast forward or just snapping his fingers to make it happen. Because for the rest of the universe, that is implicitly time-bound. That looks like a jump that we can't make. And since God wants to be in relationship with us, the whole way that he relates to us is from a position of love as he seeks relationship. There's a song that the redeemed will be able to sing that the angels can't, will never know about. They will never be able to experience Mm -hmm. that specific 
facet of God, that specific name of God to the mm-hmm. full extent like we will have for having gone through a sinful experience and being rescued from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, that's one of the things that I look forward to mm-hmm. in getting to heaven is to be able to experience that level, that unique connection with Jesus, yeah. with God, um, that the rest of the unseen world does not have. Yeah. You know? Oh, I like that. I like that view of it. I didn't think about it like that. It's kind of surreal to think that this is all true. Mm-hmm. Like think that heaven is real. Yeah, that's exactly. It's it's hard to be able to process everything for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, like you hear about it all the time. But it's one of those things, mm-hmm. kind of like the Christmas story. That you're like, yeah, 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 I know. I know about it. But if you actually get to thinking about it, it's like, oh, that's that's going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> The whole universe has been set up. The way God is acting within the universe has been set up for us to experience full relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Even before the earth wasn't created, even before Adam and Eve fell, God had a plan that would ultimately reunite us and redeem us. Yes. And to think about that realized, to think about the new earth realized, the new heavens realized, the new Eden realized, that's, I, I can't even... Can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and going back to uh, Revelation thirteen eight that you mentioned, Taylor, um, that it says the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting too because I'd never, I had not pictured that um, in my mind before of the Lamb being slain or be, that his that's his name. Yeah, that's his um, his title before sin ever even happened and that God would have all of this um, mapped out um, for us mm-hmm. is, is really interesting. It's, that's one of the, the new things that I had not gotten out of a Christmas story. Mm. Yeah, Crazy, right? Yeah. Imagine for a moment when God is bending over Adam and Eve or specifically Adam when he creates him first mm-hmm. and right before he breathes the breath of life into him. He knows what that breath of life is going to bring. Yeah. And That's the, what's and crazy. It's going to bring incredible happiness and joy in the moment. But he knows that ultimately that breath of life will perpetuate terrible evils mm-hmm. for millennia. And God still does it because he's got a plan to redeem. Mm-hmm. The hard part is waiting for the full plan to take place. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know it's going to get good. Yeah. Oh, the other The other thing that... Um, that I saw differently this time mm-hmm. was the fact that Jesus was not a hundred. I mean, we we want we always want to say like Jesus is a hundred percent human, but he's also a hundred percent divine. Mm-hmm. But um, you read a quote, or you read you read a quote of someone out of someone's book mm-hmm. that portrayed that differently. What was that? You're talking about the. The two natures, the divine and human, were mysteriously blended into one person. Divinity was clothed with humanity, not exchanged for it. Exactly. Yes, I liked that. That stood out to me, too. Mm-hmm. That's from the SDA Bible commentary. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The It was clothed. Human, humanity was clothed in divinity, but yeah. not exchanged for it. Right. I feel like sometimes we, we picture it as being an exchange. Yes. Um, but in reality, God has just taken on a human form in the form of a uh with a clothes with a what do you call it a robe of divinity i don't yeah. know robe of humanity a robe of humanity
we now come to the crux of the identity of Emmanuel, God with us. And it's important to take a moment and just wonder and ponder at who this Emmanuel is and the significance of God becoming human, of taking on that garb of humanity and becoming like one of us. It's so beautiful and so majestic and so beyond our wildest imaginations, but God came as a human. And he'll forever be mixed with our DNA. We can have relationship with God because he's come down to be one of us. That stood out to me too. I didn't really like know how to like word it other than it was really cool to think um, most of the time, like, like Melissa said, it was just, oh yeah, like he came down and he was human, but no, like he looked human, but he was, you know, an all powerful, you mm-hmm. know, son of God. And I hadn't until like it said, like divinity clothed in humanity. I was like, that's like, <laughs> I, I really liked how it spoke through that. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, for this to, for the whole plan to work, I don't think there's any other way for it to happen other than that. Mm-hmm. In that he's got to be God because he's the one that atones for our sins, but he's also be human because he has to pay the human price yes. for our sins. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, there's this both and here. Uh, and scholars debate the the nature of Christ, and I alluded that a little bit a little bit to that in the message. But I think when we get down to the nitty gritty and like, oh, he was this and that, and then they're thinking like, well, hold on, <laughs> let's remember that he died for our sins. Yes, like he atoned for our sins. He came down, mm-hmm. was a human, he was divine, and mm-hmm. he can st- he continues to be that. Mm-hmm. It's not something that switched back when he went to heaven. He's still the 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 scars are still there. We're still going to yeah. be able to look upon the scars and see what he's done. Mm-hmm. And in the future, who I mean, I, who knows how every, how everything works out. But I I love how it's represented that forever. God will be one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I picture it as like Play-Doh when you're playing as a kid, mm-hmm. and. I don't know about you, but my mom would be like, don't mix the colors because you can't unmix it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't undo it. You can't undo it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. With you just saying that, I pictured God um, coming in in one color and Mm -hmm. being born, mixing a different color, and forever he's that new mixture Mm -hmm. of um, color. Yeah. His DNA. His DNA has been changed. Again. There's a moment in this message that I preached this week that I didn't articulate something that I wanted to. I, I had it clear in my mind beforehand, and when I got to it, I wasn't able to make it as clear as I wanted it to be. And so I shared that with Melissa and Taylor. So I mentioned in the story how he takes his fingers and rubs it in the guy's eyes that has pink yeah. eyes and rubs it in his own. And I wanted to make the point, but didn't in that that's what Jesus did for us. That Jesus came down in human form and stuck his fingers in our sin and then rubbed his eyes with sin and infected himself with sin Mm -hmm. so that he could show us the way to salvation. And that's what Bruce did in the story. He infected himself so that the rest of the village could see what the, the, the way of healing was. And that's what Jesus did for us. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, that's the divinity clothing itself in humanity mm-hmm. again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, and there's another uh, part of that story um, that I didn't have time to mention here, and it was kind of tangential, but there's a part that Olsen gets with some of the the Motelone um, villagers where they're actually asking about Jesus. And mm-hmm. he has this, it's about six or seven years um, after the pink eye incident. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a long time. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. He's in it for a long haul. And they ask him about, there's this a series of events that culminates into them wanting to know about Jesus because mm-hmm. they've realized that they're completely hope, hopeless and helpless otherwise. Mm-hmm. And um, he prays right as they ask, like, okay, God, how do I, how do I talk to them? And he is reminded, I believe, by the Holy Spirit of a Motelone legend of um, there was once this Motelone Indian uh, who uh, saw ants that were walking on the ground and they were building homes that kept getting washed away by floods and blown away by the wind and destroyed by people's feet and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And he says, ah, oh, I know exactly how the ants should build their home. Um, they can build it like a Motelone home and it will be, it'll be better for them. And so he goes down by the ants and starts scraping together um, dirt around them and the ants freak out and they're like, ah, and they run away. And through a series of events, the man is transformed into an ant and he goes back to the ant colony that he was trying to help earlier. And he just rubs shoulders with them, gets to know them, whatnot. And one day the man who's now an ant tells them, hey, I was the guy that came earlier and tried to help you build the home but you guys got scared and they're like no kidding you look like you were trying to destroy us he's like no i was trying to show you a better way and they're like really tell us about that Mm -hmm. and so he starts to tell them about how to build their home and then he transforms back into a man and and builds it for them and then the legend uh ultimately finishes with that's why ant hills look like motelone homes because of that instance but he used that and he said the uh, Olson said that the the word for the he called it the ant incarnation mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the man becoming <laughs> an ant he used that to describe for the Motelone what Jesus did when he came yeah and it was a beautiful moment for them to understand the incarnation uh-huh. the God with us the Emmanuel on their terms and in a story that's within their culture within their legend so. I really like that that's a cool way of looking at it and I like how he made it special for them, just like how you can make the word special depending on whoever you're talking to or mm-hmm. trying to, I don't want to say like get through to, mm-hmm. but like whoever you're wanting to spread the word with. That's, yeah. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's interesting how in so many cultures and anywhere you go in the world, there's always these underlying traditions and underlying yeah. legends that all point back to the story in the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you, you can always find a similar similarity mm-hmm. in what the actual s- the history of the earth was because yeah. i mean we believe in the bible we believe the earth was created by god and um in a loving way and mm-hmm. so many different versions of these stories and i i mean i see every time we watch a movie um especially a disney movie we, yeah. we see the same thing <laughs> yeah there's you know, salvation themes there's, there's salvation bible themes, themes yeah mm-hmm. everything and that's maybe it's because that's what's ingrained in our DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the whole that's purpose cool. of us being alive is for us to experience God and experience God's love. And that process includes salvation. So there you have it. The end of our retake for this week. 
Hope you've been blessed by this conversation and comforted by the knowledge and the relational understanding that Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, came to be one of us and that we can forever relate to God because of that moment. Thanks again for listening to Elevate Retake. And if you know somebody who needs to hear this podcast, go ahead and share it with them. We'd love to hear your feedback too. Click the link in the description to leave us a voice message or reach out to us on our social media platforms. We've got two Instagram accounts at this is Elevate TX. That's our larger faith community. And then we've got at Elevate Retake on Instagram. Those links will be in the descriptions as well. The next week we're taking a break because it's Christmas, so don't look for an Elevate Retake episode then. Um, but coming towards the new year, we will resume uh, the following week. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. There's also some scholarly speculation based on some stories that are found in Native American lore, uh-huh. like early that there's the potential we don't have any scripture evidence for it so I don't want to like stand on it but it is interesting to think about that after Jesus was resurrected he spent some time on this earth and there's records in Native American like dating back 2,000 years ago of someone visiting the Native Americans that is this Jesus figure and telling them about the plan of salvation and all of this and so it's interesting to think about we have a very um, uh, kind of a Middle Eastern picture of Jesus that then stems from 